Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Charlie Gross. I am the Associate Executive Presbyter for the Presbytery of Donegal. I'm hosting this podcast series titled Missional Church Conversations, Making It Real. The basis of this conversation will be a series of interviews with a wide variety of leaders in the field of the missional church. These leaders will come in the form of professors, pastors, elders, deacons, sisters and brothers in Christ who are experimenting with new ways of being the church in the world today. My hope is that these conversations will inspire you, challenge you, inform you, change you, and push you into the world with boldness and confidence to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. My guest today is Nick Francis Stevens. Nick is the navigator for the Mosaic Lancaster, Pennsylvania project. You can find them on the web at www.mosaiclancaster.org. Mosaic is a group of people that are committed to live a life of faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to the world by inspiring and empowering others to live out the redemptive potential through the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Nick comes to this conversation with some excellent credentials. He has a bachelor's in Bible and a master of arts in leadership from Lancaster Bible College and graduate school. Nick, welcome to this conversation today. Hey, Charlie. Uh, thanks for inviting me into the conversation. I'm really excited about our time together. Excellent. Now, Nick, go ahead and round out for us who you are and how God is shaping your path. Wow. Yeah, what a, what a great place to begin. Um, I think when we actually begin to look at um, even just this conversation about being on a, a missional journey, actually living our lives um, out, when we actually look at the scriptures and we actually look at the church, this ecclesia, uh, we're actually looking that we're actually the called out ones, where I think traditionally we kind of look at this platform when we look at the gospel as being, being this message, being called into safety, being called into um, so many things, but we're actually stepping into this life that Jesus is actually inviting us to live our life out to take this message of faith, love, and hope um, to those who are lacking and who are craving those resources. I presently hold, uh, if we actually look at, at um, what my title would be, actually go back and forth between um, being the navigator uh, for this community um, and also if people were to ask me what exactly my role is, I will actually tell people that I'm actually the spiritual uh, life and mentor uh, for this community known as Mosaic. Basically, what my heart is, is to, uh, I recognize in my own personal journey, although God has invited me into this task, into this anointing, into this, into this mission, um, I recognize that I'm not necessarily, wouldn't necessarily label myself as a church planner or, or a pastor, but more so as a passionate disciple of Jesus Christ who just cares and loves um, his mission, loves people. And uh, so that's really, really what my passion is, and to be able to be able to explore and help people identify the presence of a living God mm. in their lives. So I really, it's really my heart to actually create a new, new reference point for a world where, for so many, to actually use the language of, of pastor or church actually breaks relationships since they already have reference points in their minds of, of what that relationship would look like. So I've actually redefined um, even what those uh, immediate. Uh, yeah, connotations would look like when I engage in relationships with people. Mm, mm. Well, outstanding. Um, this is going to be a very helpful in our conversation. Um, so 
my hope, Nick, is that you can help our audience start to understand what a missional community looks like or feels like, and then give us some concrete ways of living this out. So maybe a place to start is your story of birthing this mosaic community in Lancaster, which I understand is not that old of a community. Yeah, this is. Uh, we actually just moved to actual to our actual public gathering about about eight weeks ago, about two months ago, and and so. But the process itself has has actually been a three a three year growing journey for us. And I think a real key place to actually start in the story is actually um, even around the language of what it means to be to live life missionally or, or to be a part of a missional community. Uh, I think we need to be careful even, I, I think as a society, we're always looking to bring uh, language around um, that which we're speaking about, which, which uh, totally makes sense. Uh, the very core of communication is being able to use language and words and verbiage to describe uh, what we're doing. But I think we need to be very careful um, in actually trying to take a missional community and put it into a, 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 a strategic approach. Um, really, the essence of what, it, as I was sharing earlier, what it really means to live missionally is to really be believing uh, the world of comfort that comfort that we're in, and actually stepping into a world where people need Jesus. Jesus' invitation was very much, um, "Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Uh, Jesus wasn't saying, "Hey, come follow me, and let me show you what what I have." To give you, but he's actually saying, "Come follow me, so I can show you what you have to give and contribute to the world." And uh, so, really, this conversation for my wife and I started about three years ago. I was kind of moving through um, this. I was actually concluding uh, my education in leadership studies, and I had the opportunity to actually step into um, an internship opportunity with Mosaic out in LA. Um, a really good, uh, really good name and reference point of their leadership out there. His name is Erwin McManus. You can, um, yeah, I'll speak a little bit more about him later. Um, but it's really um, Oswald Chambers says that it's actually it's not, the best teacher isn't someone who teaches you something new, but it's actually the person that helps uh, draw out and bring language to that which you struggled with for so long. And that's really what um, this community in L.A., uh, known as Mosaic, um, was able to help me do. They were actually helped me to to bring language to those questions that I had been longing to speak for so long, all the way back into the mid-90s as I was a student. And so I spent some time out there. It was a real, it was a great experience. You know, I wouldn't say in my personal journey that it was really anything outside of what I had experienced before other than the nature of conflict and the nature of chaos and being able to be in, within a community that actually embraced um, the nature of every individual. I've had people kind of say to me more recently, well, well Nick, where is Mosaic going? And uh, I love that question because in the essence of it is, is, is tell me, help me understand where we're going. But if, I, if we're being honest, how many of us in our teenage years, um, at the age of 15, 16, 19, 20, actually go to our parents and say, hey, Mom and Dad, what's next for my life? Where are we going as a family? As a matter of fact, for many of us, it's actually, it's actually the opposite. If our parents tell us, hey, I want you to go to this school, I want you to do this with your life, many of us actually begin to rebel and say, no, I need to f- discover the person that I'm created to be. And so shaped by our society and our, and our government and our educational systems, is we're always being, being educated culturally to kind of uh, follow the cues of who others are asking us to be, and we do this in, in, in the church as well. What Mosaic is actually saying is where we are going as a community is, is it's not where we're going and asking you to, to, 
to follow us and join in, but we're actually asking you, and who are you created to be? Who is God designing you? What are your strengths and your passions and talents? Because we want to be a community that actually steps in and fuels you and helps you discover exactly who God's created you to be so that you can live out your life in such a way that it influences the world and makes the world a better place. Mm. So this was a bit a bit of the journey. Uh, we went through a three-year journey of actually asking the questions, God, what, who is it exactly that you're inviting us to be? And uh, we never really I- intended, it wasn't our ambition to actually start a community of faith or, or to church plant. Um, basically, just even, even generationally, there's a lot of conversation around, um, yeah, what is cool and hip. Uh, we hear of many church planters in, in this day and age actually beginning to, to plant churches because it's actually in revolution to the existing church. And, and that's actually not our heart at all. It's not the Mosaic movement at all. It's, it's our heart to, to partner with, to, to see this mosaic, these, these different cultures and generations actually coming together in unity to be one voice, to actually step into a world that is so much craving uh, these resources of faith and love and hope. And that, so that's kind of where we've come to. Uh, as I said, we went through two years of experimenting, and we continue to experiment on a daily basis. Many people ask us if we're part of this emergent movement, and I actually, it's not really a conversation that I'm interested in engaging in. Uh, we very much say that, that um, Mosaic is this community that we're looking to experiment and use anything and everything around us to actually express a relevant message of Jesus Christ so that people can move from death to life and actually engage in this, in this narrative, in this story of Jesus actually stepping into the human narrative and so people can actually embrace uh, the reality of his life, death, and resurrection, that we can actually make a transfer, move from a, a live and step into a transformed life, um, that we begin to evidence uh, fruits uh, of an abundant living. Mm. How, how exciting is that? Um, you know, it, in fact, I can detect uh, the excitement in your voice, you know, as you, as you engage in this conversation. How do you... What do you do or what tools or how do you help the community understand this sort of unique identity? Yeah, and you're actually right on. Um, when we begin to talk about people and we talk about, begin to talk about the, the human creativity and passions of people, um, I'm extremely excited. Um, if I were to kind of define it a little bit further, um, it's, it, it, take, a, take a, a glass, if you will, and fill up that glass with... Um, yeah, it's just something that doesn't really look pure. Uh, maybe it's filled just with, with crud and junk. And what my passion is, is not only to see that glass emptied, uh, but actually then to be able to be filled with um, clean, um, flowing water, if you will, to the point where it actually begins to overflow um, to such an extent of, of seeing them be able to pour out into the lives of others. Um, it's so much so that I think we've actually, Mosaic is so passionate about empowering people that uh, with their talents spill over into the lives of others. And so when we actually begin to talk about um, identity and helping people discover exactly who they're created to be, um, we would talk about environments. Uh, my role um, as, a, as a leader, as a servant leadership leader of this community is very much bound in the ethos, the, the culture um, I recognize myself as a cultural architect of this community. You and I, Charlie, along with all of our listeners, we are a product of our environment. 
And what I mean by that is every one of us come from an environment that has shaped us. Some of us are actually stepping into um, these moments right now with a positive legacy, a positive momentum in our life where we've had people around us, family members, pouring uh, words of encouragement and love into us. Now, there are other listeners that actually don't have that same legacy, that same positive momentum. Uh, they actually have a negative momentum on their life where they have lacked um, the encouragement and lacked um, people breathing into them and, and calling out the greatest. So we recognize that each and every one of us is shaped by our environment. So here at Mosaic, we actually talk about creating um, these environments, and we actually use elements or, or icons, if you will, um, we use wind, water, wood, um, fire, and earth to uh, actually demonstrate and bring verbiage around what it means to be a part of these healthy environments. And the way that we're actually living our lives will actually be an effective measurement of, of our spiritual maturity and how we begin to live these, live, live these out. And when we talk about wind, we talk about, we talk about this, um, this breath, this, this Holy Spirit, um, in, in the scriptures, we hear pneuma and ruach in the Old Testament. And basically what this means is, what we talk about is the church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we're here uh, for the world. Uh, we look in, in Acts 1, where the disciples are invited to, to be, wait. Jesus said, wait here and be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, because I have this mission for you to engage in and live out. When we talk about water, we talk about uh, this, this saturating um, love. Love is the context of all mission. Uh, when we step into this mission, um, everything that we do is saturated by uh, pay, peace, patience, love, joy, kindness, as we engage with, with people in the marketplace, in the world, in our families, in our communities. Um, wood is this, is this piece of connection. Uh, John 15, structure must submit to spirit. We recognize the Holy Spirit isn't alive in programs, he's alive in people. And if we're going to begin to actually trust in what God is doing in our communities, we also have to be trusting what God is doing in people. Uh, we're all being grafted in. It is true. I think if we actually use the, use the analogy in, in Corinthians about, about uh, one body, many parts, my foot has no understanding of what, what my ear does. But yet there has to be this reliant trust and, and working together to actually flesh out what it means to be whole and to be healthy. And, and I think it's so true as well in our community. Charlie, I know that you and I are, are different on many levels. I know our creativities, uh, our creative abilities are different. I know the way that we communicate is different. I know our legacies and our families are, are, are different. But I actually need to be, begin to trust the passions and the talents that God's put into your life, even though they may look different than mine, so that we can actually begin to connect with a world um, that is so different as well. And then we end up just kind of concluding with uh, fire. Uh, relevance to culture is not optional. We love to think of God as, as, as grace and love and mercy. But it's also this, this consuming fire with Moses and Elijah and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that when God shows up, um, you don't miss him. He's, he's, he's very real. And so how do we communicate and live out our lives in such a way that people recognize that this God is this intimate um, God who's actually pursuing them and very relevant in the culture that we live? And finally, we use earth, and we say creativity is a natural result of, of spirituality. Now, we're not necessarily saying in creativity, many people think of being an artist or a musician. We're not necessarily only limiting it to that, but what we're recognizing is that you and I and each every one of us are creative beings. 
when we look at Genesis 1, God's most creative work, he, he designed the earth and, and light and darkness and, and land and space and everything around us. And, and so when he created us, it, it, scriptures say that we are created in his image. So we are actually creative beings. And uh, how do we live out our lives in such a way that, that we are continue, continuing to create and breathe life into people? Um, through the arts, through, um, through music, but also through um, our leadership models, also through our businesses, also in, in the way that we serve our families. How do we actually be, live out um, our creative essence in a way that people will experience, uh, experience God? So it's really in, when we talk about finding our identity, we really talk about creating these environments that people can engage in, engage in and have dialogue and conversation around um, to actually measure it and move forward and actually um, as examples mm. in, in living out a very real, very tangible, relevant existence. Wow. Wow, how do I follow that? That's, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your passion around this. I, in fact, I want to come to one of your gatherings. What would a gathering look like and, and how would one, you know, what are gatherings like, and maybe even say like your schedule? Where do you meet, and if people want to uh, become part of this community of faith or this this just this community? Um, yeah. What does it look like, and how would they do that? Yeah, and and I agree. There really is. There's so much. There's so much um, language. There's so much experience and. Uh, and 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 life, you know, being lived out. That, uh, oftentimes, I get asked the question, um, "What does Mosaic believe?" And when we begin to actually talk about a gathering, uh, we, we're actually talking about entry points and intersections. And what I mean by that is, entry points are a- actually opportunities, and intersections choices. We actually suggest that you actually need both um, to actually step into a different life. And and so when people actually ask us about what do you believe, we actually say, listen, um, the best way to understand a community is actually to experience it relationally. Um, it's really our, the opportunity that we're, exi- that we're encountering here with Mosaic to actually step into um, differences. Um, Mosaic really is a community. If we're, we're going to look, first look and evaluate, well, what do you believe? Um, if we're looking to all gather with people who are just like us and think just like us, what I fear is actually happening is that we're actually not saying that we love others, but we're actually just love us. Mm. And that's actually why I like being in a relationship with other people who are like me, not because I like you, because I really like me. And so <laughs> Mosaic really is this, this fusion of trying to understand and listen and, and see um, other people. And so in these entry points, now we do, we do have weekly gatherings. We gather Sunday night. Um, actually, here in Lancaster City at the Gusto, which is at 335 North Queen Street. And we gather upstairs. We're actually getting ready to move a couple blocks away, um, hopefully aiming for a June, a June launch over there, which is uh, at the corner of James and Mulberry. Um, and so we meet Sunday nights and uh, are always inviting people into the conversation. This Sunday night, actually, we're inviting in some local bands. So our gathering actually takes on a very different feel. Uh, we embrace something called party theology, where uh, between our series and and quarterly, we're we're looking to actually create a platform where, that we're inviting in local bands and and hosting and and supporting our local artists to re- to demonstrate you know our support, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you're Buddhist, atheist, or or Hindu, or Muslim, or Christian. 
uh, we recognize that the church is comprised of people who have said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, so that is what Mosaic is. But at the same time, we recognize that we want to be in a relationship with you. We want to journey together so that regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we want to journey with you and be asking those hard questions and, and listening and, and, and pursue uh, the teachings of, of Jesus together. And so basically, these gatherings are just one entry point. They're just one opportunity. We recognize that, that there's many opportunities that we have, um, but it's actually at these intersections that you get to choose to actually step into um, a new life. See, if we actually just have opportunities, if we actually just have these, these entry points, um, you actually have a life separate, separate of choice. And, and I think many of us, some of us actually have only ever had the entry point of, of being growing up in a religious tradition. And, uh, but if we don't actually get to choose it, if we actually don't have that, that intersection where we can choose this new life, uh, many of us just kind of continue living, living a life with questions that per se maybe don't have answers, um, not necessarily being able to step into the, this, whole new, the, this whole new life. And, and so with intersections, uh, if all you have is choices, all you have is options, we see this saturating the, the environment, the world, where, world of relativism where we live. Uh, so you just end up going in circles. Actually, here in Lancaster City, there's actually only a, a, about a dozen entry points actually into the city, but there's thousands of intersections. And I think so many of us actually uh, look at intersections and just actually find ourselves going in circles because there's so many options and there's so many choices. I mean, let's be honest. How many, how, how many, uh, oper- how many choices are there for toilet paper nowadays? Mm. So which is the right toilet paper? And this is what we see generationally. If there's just so many options, so many choices, and so many intersections, well, where is this opportunity, this entry point for me to actually find true life? But here at Mosaic, we're actually saying it, it, the gathering is only one entry point. We have other entry points into what we call tribes, where you can come and, and join an opportunity around conversation and, and mutual encouragement and um, gathering in such a way that we actually do projects and, and, and engage in the city and, and serving and discovering the needs and, and, and actually walking together to find out what the needs are of this city. Um, but I fear for most of us, we will actually never step into a new entry point because we first have to leave the old one. And so we actually have to leave what is safe. We have to leave what is recognizable and what is so understandable to us and, and actually step into a new entry point. And I think actually for many of us, the entry point may be safety, but it may also be stagnance. It may also be, for many people that I meet, that entry point that they don't want to leave is actually one of addictions. It's actually ones of, of struggling with pornography and, and, and alcoholism and and, and self-consumerism and radical individualism, that until we actually leave that old um, context, that old city, those old demographics, if you will, and step into a new entry point, only then will we, will we begin to experience and engage in a new transformed life. Mm. So we try to engage in, in, and create many um, entry points around the community of Mosaic. Mm. Wow. Now, what, what um, could you, can you boil it down to uh, one or two items for other faith leaders if they want to, um, to move and shape their own community toward um, being missional or toward 
you know, engaging in these types of conversations or going into the community or building relationships, how can we make it real? In other words, what would you suggest they try? What step or steps should they experiment with? Or what kind of um, encourage, encouraging word do you have for, for other uh, leaders? Yeah, um, I love that question. And to be honest, my, my counter my counter question would actually be, um, what are you afraid of? Mm. And what I mean by that is um, I had a young man a little while ago um, approach me and kind of engaging in this conversation was so excited to actually uh, live out his life in, in a different way. And he came to me and, and he said this. He said, he said Nick, um, how do I live, how do I become light to darkness? How do I live out my life in such a way that, that I can take light into darkness? And, and I looked at him, and i got to be honest, I was a little bit taken back and confused, and I just responded with that question. Well, what are you afraid of? And then he, likewise, was just as confused and said, well, I'm not quite sure I understand. What do you mean? Um, what am I afraid of? And what I love about that, that question is, is this. Um, becoming light in darkness seems extremely simple to me. Uh, all you have to do is step into darkness. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, and if this light resonates in us, we are a light to the world. All we have to do is step in darkness. I mean, doesn't a, a flashlight make most sense and have its most uh, validity when it's actually in a dark room? Mm. But here's the scary. Here's the scary piece. When we step into darkness, we are going to be tested, and it is going to reveal in us whether or not we are light at all. So if we step if we step in that darkness, there is that possibility that we were actually living under this idea that we were light, and and we will know because that darkness will consume us. Now nowhere in the scriptures are we are we told to be timid or to be fearful because if we are if we are followers of Jesus Christ, there is no room. You know this fear is is to be in the name of Jesus Christ is to be run off before us. Mm. And really, what my invitation would be is is initiative. To, to, to dream and to explore and to invest, um, to, to move towards living this, this, missional, this, this missional life, I would first say dream. What is it that God is placing on your heart? Who, who are the people? What is the community? What is this dream that God is laying before you? Seek Him in discovering that dream and, and begin to explore it. At Mosaic, we say if you're not failing, you're just not trying hard enough. And, and so to explore this and experiment and, and step into that community and just show up, you know, and, and even though there is that, that fear or, 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 you know, a discomfort in not being able to predict what's going to happen, I would actually say you're in the right place. And step into that community and step into that darkness and, and meet people and ask questions and, uh, and ask God to give you, you know, to let this experience shape you. And through this process, you will experiment and you will explore, and I guarantee you what will happen is you will move from a place of discovering what you can do to what you must do. And it's that place that your passions, that the Holy Spirit will, will move you into the place where your passions are most, most potent, and you will discover exactly what it is uh, that you are created to do and live out your life at its, at its, most, at, at its greatest impact. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Now, some of our listeners, um, in order for them to dream and experiment and create new initiatives, will sometimes are encouraged by resources or recommended readings or 
new experiences or events, what what recommended resources or who should they read or what should they experience to um, to help them in this dreaming and this going for it? Yeah, um, there's there's many many amazing amazing texts um, out there. Um, one thing, the the text that really connects with me and the language that that really resonates within me, and I think even more so among among this young, younger generation. And I would I would invite you to go pick up a copy of um, An Unstoppable Force um, by Erwin McManus. It really is this this DNA of who Mosaic is striving to be in this incarnational life, in this um, in living out the gospel in a very relevant way. Um, I, I think you'll find it to be very stretching. I also think you'll find the spirit within you just resonating with it and agreeing um, so much more and more. Um, to kind of even kind of conclude, you know, and, and wrap up mm-hmm. some of these some of these uh, um, what I what I would um, express as as extremely important. I think it helps also helps people to kind of have have a, as a measurement tool reference points along the way. And and I like to talk about ambition types or or kind of those reference points along our journey. And I think if we can identify where we are, um, it'll help us kind of progress. And so I have these four types that I'd love to unpack through you real quick. And they kind of go through the wanderer and the dreamer, the explorer, the investor, and and then the uh, the egotist. Uh, now, the egotist is clearly not what we want to move to, but we do want to move through these other places. And, and the wanderer is this ambition type where we find ourselves not really having an identity, not really knowing where we are. And maybe we've submitted our life to Jesus Christ, but we haven't yet begun to dream. We don't know what we can do. We don't know if we can do anything. We don't even know what our talents or passions are. So to recognize that we might be in, be in this place, what we first need to do is begin to dream. Now the the reality is, um, if you don't dream about anything, you won't you won't begin to do anything. So the dreamer recognizes that in order to go somewhere, in order to do something, they must be, first begin to dream. And so to take that first step and say, God, what would the world look like around me if, if I moved from from pride to humility? If I moved from consuming to giving? And and this is when I actually talk about living missionally, I actually try to define that a little bit and say it's actually giving just a little bit more than you think you can, loving just a little bit more than you think you can love, being patient just a little bit more than you can be patient, listening more than you think um, you can listen. And uh, so moving to this place that you first begin to dream around what is the very heart of God. And, and from there you must begin to explore you have to risk, you have to fail, you have to step into what is uncomfortable. You have to give a little more than you think you can. You have to step beyond and explore. And through this exploring, you will move from not only realizing that you can do something, but you're going to move to this place that you realize that the Holy Spirit will work in you, that you must do something. And we call that person the investor because your whole life will become around this purpose, this one thing, this mission that you must invest in. Um, and it will grow in you, and you will find yourself needing to do this the rest of your life to impact this people, this, this, this family, this community, this world. And, of course, that last step is, is where our fear is, where we see Elijah kind of move to, God, I'm the only one doing it, where we actually move into this egotistical place where if, 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 if I don't do it, no one will. And that's not the invitation. The invitation is actually to grow a community around us that we journey together, 
that we don't eliminate ourselves and, and say it must be done this way. This is the only way to do it because growing around you are people that are going to be on the same journey from wandering to dreaming to exploring to investing. And what does it begin to look like if we all invest as a community in unity, embracing our differences, embracing this beautiful mosaic in such a way I guarantee you this, not only will our lives change and be transformed, but we will see an, an abundance of love and grace and mercy overflowing in the lives of those around us. And that's what it means to become this missional community, to be, to be shaped and valuing um, transformed lives. Mm. Mm. Wow. Nick, thank you so very much um, this has been a powerful conversation. I know God's going to use this in some powerful way in the hearts and minds of uh, listeners. Uh, if they want to um, come and join, you know, go to mosaiclancaster.org and, and find Absolutely. out, you know, where they're meeting. In fact, you can even give a little bit more than what you've, um, you've given. Stretch yourself in that way. I think at the same website, uh, that's, that's possible. Um, so, Nick, I, I very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and thank you for your passion, your heart for growing the kingdom and for transforming lives in this world through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Charlie. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But Blessings. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> 